That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Harry fell to the ground on all fours as the spider released him. Ron and Fang thudded down next to him. Fang wasn't howling anymore, but cowering silently on the spot. Ron looked exactly like Harry felt. His mouth was stretched wide in a kind of silent scream and his eyes were popping. Harry suddenly realized that the spider which had dropped him was saying something. It had been hard to tell because he clicked his pincers with every word he spoke. Aragog, it called. Aragog. And from the middle of the misty, domed web, a spider the size of a small elephant emerged very slowly. There was gray in the black of his body and legs, and each of the eyes on his ugly, pincered head was milky white. He was blind. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we are talking about today. Chapter 15, Aragog. Now that Hermione's been petrified, Harry and Ron are left totally without supervision. So, In the middle of the night, they follow Hagrid's ill-fated advice, and they go out into the Forbidden Forest to follow the spiders. Deep, deep inside the dark, dark forest, they 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 find the spiders. (laughs) Oh, they fucking find the spiders! So many spiders in this chapter. I. uh, mm, It's real spooky. mm -hmm. Real spooky. And I didn't think of a fun intro like I always say I'm going to next time. I guess the podcast is starting now. Welcome to the restricted section. I'm your host, Christina. This is the start of it. It's starting now. Beginnings. (laughs) They're hard. (laughs) Grace, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Andrew, how about you? Totally tubular. Whoa. I love it. (laughs) And our very special guest today is friend of the podcast, Sarah Litchford. Hey, Sarah. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. It's Wednesday. Yes, it's a a tough one. Tomorrow will be better. (laughs) (laughs) It will. I don't believe you. I stopped <laughs> believing you in this year. <laughs> um, Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your very hairy history? Okay. Well, Harry Potter was gifted to us. The books were gifted to me and my brothers. And our mom did all of the voices for all the characters. And we got super, super into it. And it was like a family tradition to stay up to midnight to get like the new release books. It was always, like, really exciting. And then that was our family event when the movies came out. We would always go together, which was a lot of fun. Aww. Yeah. Super sentimental with the Harry Potter. I love it. I love it so much. I wish my mom had done voices for me. What the fuck? Voices are key. (laughs) But they are hard. There's a lot of voices in these books, and they're all British accents. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, except um, for the ones that are Irish or Scottish. And I just don't, I can't, I don't, I'm not tougher. that discerning. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. All, they all turn into Australian accents. In the end. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is so true. Drunken Australian is my native, uh, my native accent. So, Sarah, what Hogwarts house are you? When I was officially sorted, I was a Hufflepuff. Okay, do you identify nice. with that? Uh, yeah, I do. Stoner house! <laughs> <laughs> just like cats and like cooking and gardening. It's just yeah, like such yeah. a Hufflepuff vibe. Yeah, I, I'm not really a, a super Gryffindor, you know, person. Yeah. Or, oh. You know? Like everyone loves to be a Gryffindor, I think, but I disagree. I think that that was like a thing. You want to be like your protagonist, and like right. it's really glorified in a way that appeals to children. Like being in Gryffindor, it's like obviously I want to be brave, but I think in our adulthoods, a lot of us have realized that it comes with like being a dick and like barreling <laughs> headfirst into stuff without looking both ways before you cross the street. I don't know this for sure, but I have kind of a pet theory that a lot of those early, like, what house would you be in quizzes were very heavily slanted towards Gryffindor. And so I think a lot of people, like, growing up that did those quizzes and shit probably, like, got attached to the idea that they were. Well, let's be clear. There are a lot of tests, but then there is the test on Pottermore. Yes. I would assume that they have, like, adapted that throughout the ages to make it better and better than ever. Maybe that's just me thinking that Harry Potter is way more important than it is. I don't know. (laughs) I wonder if there's a cultural component to it as well. Like, I wonder if Americans are more predisposed to uh, see themselves as Gryffindors because of the attributes that, like, we we identify with. Like, Interesting. From a very young, especially, like, I I know from a male perspective, as a very young, you know, boy, a lot of the big figures that you're told you should look up to are, you know, like soldiers and people that do brave things, explorers, things like that. People who appear to be Gryffindors. Because I think a a lot of, like, great historical figures were not. I think, first first of all, you gotta gotta have a lot of Slytherins out there in leadership, in, like, historical, like, leadership positions. Bureaucracy is made of Slytherins. Probably just, like, not Hufflepuffs, though, but, like, Ravenclaw, Slytherins, and Gryffindors. I don't know why my brain is like, Alexander the Great was definitely a Ravenclaw. <laughs> I love him. He's one of my favorite historical figures. What about Henry VIII, Christina? Don't even come at me about Henry VIII. Oh. He, he was a Gryffindor. No, no. He was a Ravenclaw through and through. I don't agree. So he, he for a long time, was writing all these defenses of the Pope. Like, when he was a young man, he was the defender of the Pope, was actually given a title because he had such a legal mind when it came to the way that he defended the actions of the Pope. Do you remember how his relationship with the Pope ended up when he got too hard-headed to do what the Pope wanted him to do? You mean when his wife was actually the sister of the Holy Roman Emperor who then pressured the Pope and told him that he couldn't allow the divorce to happen and did not base it at all on anything religious-wise? And that Henry VIII then turned around and made the argument that if I'm in fact divinely ordained, then I should be able to marry who I see fit. I don't think the Pope's intentions have anything to do with what Hogwarts house Henry VIII would have been in, okay? Look I'm saying the man was, oh, like, no. driven by oh, intelligence. No. <laughs> I maintain that he was a Gryffindor, and and let's move on. Um, okay, okay, wait, one, one last note about the Pottermore quiz, right? Yeah. That quiz is, like, what, like, 12 years old by now? Like, it's kind of old. And yeah. so, it's also not its original version. 
Well, the people who originally developed that quiz are are probably not still working there. And like, if I went in and took like some boomer's job where they had made the Pottermore quiz, I would have gone through that and been like, none of this makes sense. Being patriotic doesn't make you brave or like whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Boomers, yeah, am I right. <laughs> Speaking of people who are not remotely brave, let's move. Oh, no. Wait, that was last week's episode. Cornelius Fletch. I always do that because it came out today. I swear to God, I read the chapter. I bragged about it on Monday. <laughs> Monday was so long ago, though. So long ago. Speaking of, I don't know, Harry Potter, let's get into this week's chapter, which is chapter 15, Aragog, which I do have a hard time saying now that I have gotten so deep into Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's like an off-brand Aragorn. Yeah. Your mom says you don't need to pick up Aragog. You have Aragog at home. You get home, it's Aragorn. <laughs> Damn it! Um, okay. I, we don't need to pick apart that joke. I would obviously prefer Aragorn to Aragog. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so as a reminder, the last chapter ended with a Mr. Cornelius Fudge and also Lucius fucking Malfoy coming and removing Hagrid and Dumbledore from the school. Yikes. And, big yikes. Yeah, biggest yikes ever. They're like, Malfoy, if the governors voted Dumbledore out of the school, like, if Dumbledore can't stop these attacks, who can? And, like, yeah. No, no one. Harry fucking Potter, you're giving him... <laughs> you're opening the door for him to go... Just go rogue. Like, like, He's gonna step right through that door, man. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest wizard of the generation is being removed from this position. But don't worry, we have a 12-year-old boy. He's on and it. And his, best, on friend it. <laughs> with, and his yeah. best friend with a broken wand. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, like, I was really remembering that as I read through this chapter that Ron like basically can't defend himself. Yeah. And let's not forget like Dumbledore knows what's going on at his school and he knows what Hagrid was caught with last time. So there's got to be some side of him that hears Hagrid tell these kids like follow the spiders and it's like <laughs> oh he's telling my 12 year old students to go into an Archimantula next. That, that's cool. And he doesn't say a word. He's just like, yes, that's very good advice. That's a good point. <laughs> that never occurred to me. But like, for sure, Dumbledore knows exactly what he's... But I think... Wait, I think that... I think... Wait, okay. This, I think the scene... I think the scene plays out as follows. Okay, this is literally the chapter from last week. But I think what happens is... <laughs> Dumbledore is like, help will always be given to those at Hogwarts who remain loyal to me. And then Malfoy bows him out of Hagrid's hut. And then Fudge is standing there waiting for Hagrid to leave. And Hagrid is like, if someone wanted to learn some stuff, they would probably follow the spiders. And then I remember because there's a line that says Cornelius Fudge looked at him amazed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and perhaps from outside, Dumbledore did hear that. But he's like, ah, too far. I, can't. <laughs> too far. I don't yell. I do everything calmly. Yeah, calmly. calmly. Dumbledore swung, it's like, oh no, <laughs> this will not end well. Well, young Harry will figure it out. <laughs> another test. Yeah, another test. <laughs> I think he might be a Horcrux, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so, so, then we go into a nice little montage. Summer's coming. 
that bitch knows how to transition seasons. We've said it before. Yeah, definitely the seasons are changing. Madame Pomfrey stops permitting visitors in the hospital wing in case the attacker comes back to finish them off. The logic is really silly there, too, because it's like, oh, no, they might come and, you know, be a visitor during set visitor hours while I'm here. She can't tend to everything. Can't do anything. (laughs) Can't do anything about it. (laughs) I think it's sweet because I feel like Madame Pomfrey is like, oh, God, okay, like everything's spiraling. The least I can do is protect these like six people who are in my direct care. (laughs) I'm going to hunker down and I'm just going to sit in a little box in the middle of the floor aimed at the door, oh just ready to take out any threat. She would. She totally she would. would. I mean, she'd uh. be belittling the people that were in the beds the whole time, but that's like a tough love thing, not like a hatred. <laughs> but they're like petrified. They didn't care. Oh, hell no. So then Harry, he's doing himself a hard little thing, trying to figure out what Dumbledore was saying. About help will always be found at those, to those, wait, help will always be given to those at Hogwarts who remain loyal to me. Which wait, is wait, like, who, who asked for it? To those who asked for it? Why did yes, I think yes. it was about loyalty? That's what he said first. Yeah, he said that first. Yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know, I record in my closet. Okay, it's really hard. And I'm reading the Bloomsbury Illustrated editions, which are actually the size of like the Torah. So it's like really hard for me to refer to my text while we're recording these things. So thank God. you for always setting me straight, friends. And how cultish would that like? That would have been really a fucked up line. I thought it was. Said, like, Help will always be there for those who remain loyal. Well, he does it later. He's like, oh, you got that sword because you were loyal as hell. Keep being loyal and see what other riches you get. Yeah, basically, Dumbledore never tells Harry, like, all of anything he needs to know. So basically, just get used to this feeling, Harry. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, Gotta figure I- it out. I'll defend Dumbledore and his idea of, like, not telling Harry everything. Because I'm sorry, but 12 is a little young to, like, have to learn that you're going to have to potentially die one day. Or that you have the soul... We all die one day. Yeah, but not everyone has to do it because they have the soul of the guy that killed their parents in their head. Like, He can't handle the truth. That's not normal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he definitely can't handle the truth. He can't... (laughs) Harry can't handle anything these days. I mean, he doesn't get much better. Maybe by book seven, he gets pretty good. He can't handle things, but he gets more decisive by book seven. So it seems like he's coping with them better. But in reality, he's just reacting and going for it. Wow, Gryffindors, am I right? So Ron and Harry, they're really just um, they are alone right now. They are left to their own devices. We need Hermione. They keep looking for spiders, but it appears that all the spiders have fled the castle. There aren't any. They can't see any. Mm -hmm. And Malfoy is strutting around, cocky as hell, because his dad is the one who got Dumbledore sacked. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah, just the worst. So then Malfoy suggests that Snape apply for the job of headmaster. Mm. Yay. It says that um, Snape, quote, couldn't suppress a thin-lipped smile in reaction to this. But, like, what do you think he's really thinking in this moment? I think he's thinking, damn, I'd make a great headmaster. But he doesn't he love Dumbledore? He, he does. does, but... I, I think there... It can I be both. There's yeah. A li- <laughs> there's a line that Peggy Hill has 
where she's talking about her husband and her husband says that she should be nominated for a substitute teacher of the year for the third year in the row. And Peggy goes, Oh, Hank, I can't do that. You'd have to do that. <laughs> I think that's kind of what's going through his head right now is, Oh, Draco, I can't nominate myself. Master. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> He's like, yeah, tell your dad. <laughs> this sounds like a great idea. Uh, and then Draco says, he's just talking. The next mudblood attack will probably die. And it's a shame it wasn't Granger. Ew. Uh, I, you I'm suck. Not, yeah, I'm not okay with you using a slur on this podcast. I know. Should I not say mudblood? I mean, they say it in the text I, of this book. I think that you should censor yourself and put in a beep. I mean, it's it the word. Like I can just say muggle-born, but they always are saying the word mudblood. So that's what I put in my notes. Mm-hmm. That makes it okay. That makes it okay. I'm trying to think of like other made up slurs from other books. Did y'all ever read The House of the Scorpion? Oh no, I didn't. Oh, they have a word that's like it's like Egypt. But it's mm-hmm. definitely like I think like a bastardization of the word idiot. Uh-huh. And that's a slur, but I think it's a slur for like clones. Wow, that book is crazy. You should read that book. That book's crazy. Yeah. I mean uh, the title's great. There's a s- couple of slurs in um, Ender's Game. Oh, yeah. I don't really remember specifically. In, in but- Buggers is one. Um, oh, yeah. Way later on the, the series, they name a uh, whole race from a planet Piggies. And it's like from... Uh, or it's because they look like pigs. Never mind. That's not really racist. But no, uh, Buggers is definitely intended to be like a slur because that's what they call the aliens that came and Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So after potions class, Snape walks the class to herbology, quote, crocodile fashion. Do y'all have that phrase in your American books? I'm also reading the illustrated edition. Yeah. I listened to the audiobook. Oh, Sarah, which one are you? Are you reading the scholastic ones? Um, Okay, so I don't actually have my hard copy books. They're at my parents' house because I never Aww. moved any of my books when I moved out. So um, I was reading it online, and it, it did say crocodile. So Interesting. I, I don't know what that means. I looked it up, no but idea. I'm going to wait to see if it says it in Andrea has the Scholastic Edition. Oh, Andrew. I see. I see. This one just says, hurry up. I've got to take you all to Herbology, Bark Snape over the class's heads, and off they march with Harry, Ron, Dean, bring the career. Interesting. Oh. So, okay. Yeah, we really delved into this one. So, the crocodile fashion is totally a British thing. You know why? Because it means to walk two by two, like fucking Madeline. Oh. The dictionary didn't say like Madeline. Also, this wasn't a dictionary. (laughs) I couldn't find an explanation of why it's called crocodile fashion. Yeah, (laughs) interesting. It's a fucking British thing to say. Is it because (laughs) of the rose of the bumps when a crocodile's... I guess so. I guess that makes sense, but like, I don't know. It just seems weird. There's no crocodiles in Britain. Listen, when you're talking about the lexicon of a colonial empire, you're going to have oh, really wow. weird fucking words Yikes. that they just do not go where they should. That is a great point. Okay. Do not go where they should. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah, emphasis, emphasis on the do not go where they should. In <laughs> general, <laughs> as a rule, not limited to words. Yes. Okay, so we need to get off the crocodile fashion thing. I was just really okay. intrigued because, like, you know, like 
I've read this so many times, especially when I was a kid, that like I definitely can identify what's different in the British editions. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I didn't notice that, but that's it's yeah, set off with commas and everything. I I must have just glazed right over it, which is dumb. But your brain was like, they all got down on all fours like crocodiles. So they go to herbology class. Ernie fucking McMillan apologizes to her. Wow. Formally. Because he's like, you never would have attacked Granger. But like, what logic is that? Why would he be attacking? Like, well, I don't know. We all have that person who's like, I'm not racist. I have a black friend. Harry's oh, like, geez. I'm not racist. I have a muggle-born friend. <laughs> I'm not racist. I'm half muggle-born. Yeah. Yeah. So hey, can we also make note that uh, at least in the version that I listened to, she felt the need to say his pudgy hand. Yeah, yeah, she's like, it's just doing like that. unnecessary. Like, why? Why did you need that descriptor right there? Yeah, she definitely hates fat people. It's crazy, and she will like do anything she can to like bring it up. Yeah, yeah. Who there was some character that was like waddling. And it's just like, why does it have to be like that? I don't, I don't think I would ever say that about someone. There's like a few exceptions. I don't know. Like, for example, I don't know if y'all have ever read like Dune. There's a character who's so fat. He like needs science fiction, like anti-gravity boosters to carry his own weight. Now that's a problem. And maybe that guy waddles. Okay. But like, really, <laughs> I, I just came up with a little theory in my head. Okay. Huh. This might be crazy. I want to get y'all's reaction. So that bitch writes these books. They get very popular. She becomes very anti-trans and very uh, anti-fat person. And she lives in England. And she got popular around the time that a comedian named Eddie Izzard was getting <gasps> very popular. And I wonder if she hates the fact that since wizards are all about the drama, and there was someone way more fabulous and way more dramatic than she ever was, if she saw Mr. Izzard and thought, how dare they? Wow. First of all, Eddie Izzard is for sure a wizard. Oh, real life. Real life wizard. All the way down to the not really knowing how to dress to blend in with the models. (laughs) (laughs) And let's be honest, not wanting to. Yeah, for sure. Wait, but but he starts not fat. I mean, he's not. He's not like thin. None of us are thin. I know, but he, listen. I like this pocket theory of mine. Okay. 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 No, I got it. I got it. I'm not saying it's based on any reality. The I timing probably doesn't work out, but I think her hatred of fat people just comes from being a skinny white bitch. Like, I think it's just, like, everyone in my image. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, as a fat white girl, let me tell you. I don't know what the end of that sentence is. <laughs> I'm, I'm chubby. <laughs> uh, what else happens in Herbology? Okay, so after any fucking McMillan apologizes to Harry, he then tries to immediately shift blame for the entire situation to Draco. I just love that Harry shuts him down right away. He's like, no, that's it. <laughs> and I wonder why he like reacts so quickly. I, if it's like, Ernie, you need to stop talking about people. <laughs> I think he's like this dude with his rumors, man. Somebody's got to stop him. Well, in, in considering the position that he just went through, being the victim of all these rumors, like the last yeah. thing he would want to is that. And I'd imagine there's some annoyance with it too. Like, 
Like, you don't think I'm trying to figure out who did this to my friend? Your friend might have had it done. You didn't give two shits, but I cared. And now I'm getting this fucking close and you're going to come at me with that old news? No. Mm -mm. You're like four months back, son. Come on. (laughs) Catch up. Get on my level. Yeah, I'm definitely the kind of person who, without really meaning to, is prone to bragging about the things I know. But I don't think Harry's like that kind of a person. But maybe maybe it's more of like a hubris thing where he's like, yeah, I've been on this fucking mission. I've been telling you all winter that this isn't me. I've been working on it. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine that like to his credit, if people had actually been like trying to figure out what was going on and hadn't just been thinking that it was him and going with that rumor, they probably it wouldn't probably be just a 12 year old who's like trying to figure it out. Yeah, that is true. We definitely need um, probably an adult on this situation, but we're not going to get one. And when we do, it's going to be Gilderoy fucking Lockhart. Oh. So many people in this book, middle name fucking. (laughs) Daddy fucking Malfoy. (laughs) Also Draco fucking Malfoy. Okay, in the herbology, what are they called? Greenhouse. They see some spiders. They're like, finally, we've been looking for spiders. They probably should have looked in the greenhouse, but that's fine. But they can't go right then because they're in class. But, like, the fact that they're talking about it kind of freely in front of Ernie and Hannah, they're Ernie and Hannah are like, what? <laughs> spiders? They're like, why do we care? What's going on? And then, I, you know, they stop talking about it and they, like, get in the back of the line or whatever when they're changing their classes, but still they completely just like talk about it in front of them, which I think I thought was weird. They're just no idiots. Ask questions. Yeah. yeah, they don't ask questions. They definitely had an opportunity to ask questions there, <laughs> and they did not. And this is something that obviously follows Harry through everything, but it, it, you almost want to give him credit and say maybe he doesn't know who he can trust. But no, it really is that hero thing with his. Like, there's a part of him that wants to be the one that has to figure it out. There's nothing that says he's the only person who can figure this out. He's like, no, no, I got to do this, guys. Nah, man, any of all of us could do it together. No, it's my job. It's crazy because, like, you're right, but also the narrative, like, consistently paints Harry as, like, kind of sick and tired of it, but it's like, it is in your power to, like, do it differently. Harry is to be the hero, but all those people who say, I totally hate drama are to having drama. Like, mm, just like true. everyone knows those people who are like, I absolutely hate drama. It's like, well, then why do you start literally all the drama? I Harry's like that drama. with being here. I, I don't want to be the hero. Well, why do you always not share your information and just, like, go about it on your own? Yeah. It broods away. Well, because it... it- <laughs> not that he's consciously thinking about any of this, but it does help his brand if people are like, Harry, don't, you don't need to. And he's like, no, no, someone must. <laughs> and he's like, and then, you know, later when he's always like, I have to do it by myself. And like Ron and Hermione are like, we'll go with you. And he's like, no, it has to be me. <laughs> it's like, Why? oh my God. <laughs> what makes you so fucking special? You don't even know you're the chosen one for like four more books. And he always does that, too, when they're on, like, step eight of ten. He never does that when it's, like, step two. He's always like, yeah, y'all are right. We should investigate this. We should do this. We should do that. 
And then he gets up to like the 80% mark and he's like, no, no. <laughs> it's I'll me. Go I got it. <laughs> it's like, dude, we want credit too. He wants glory. <laughs> well, except for he shares the Triwizard Cup with Cedric Diggory. That's right. Oh my God, Look how, how that worked you. out for him. <laughs> <laughs> then again, you just answered why he feels like that. We're just two books ahead. Okay. <laughs> now it all makes okay, sense. Okay, all right, all right. I mean, we knew our boy had some PTSD, but like, yeah. damn. <laughs> Yikes. I think I am like affected from reading these books also because whenever I'm like watching a show or reading another book and one of the characters says, I'll come with you, and the main character is like, sounds great, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that was objectively the best decision. <laughs> I think I, I think I saw that a couple of days ago in The Legend of Korra. They were like, let's all go together. And she's like, sounds great. And I'm like, yes, oh my god, there's so many of you. You can really handle this together. True. Mm. So they're like, let's go into the Forbidden Forest tonight. How many I feel like there's so many times in these books where it's like, let's blah 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 tonight. Yeah, we don't need to plan this out. We should just act immediately. Even when they do plan stuff out, they still... They were planning the Polyjuice Potion for, like, a month and a half, and it still was, like, a sudden... Like, oh, God, it's ready. Let's do this tonight. And it's like, why didn't you know it was going to be ready today? Yeah, yeah. It, they definitely have a consistent... It, it goes along with Harry's thing. I think it's because Harry's like, okay, time to do this. Like, I, I don't know. The Polyjuice Potion was Hermione's fault. Well, I, I don't, I, but I mean, she, let's be honest, she could have been telling Harry, like, it'll be ready in a week, it'll be wow, ready in three days, it'll be ready in two so days. so true. And he would have just been lying right over his head until finally she was like, it'll be ready tomorrow. And he's like, oh, <laughs> as how someone, did that happen? As someone who loves a man, I find that very relatable. <laughs> do we want to, do we want to talk about Lockhart at all and how much he sucks? Yeah, There's yeah, I got a paragraph. Oh yeah, I guess, I guess I skipped. I guess they say let's do it tonight later. Not After they're totally done with Lockhart, they're not in the crocodile fashion line when they correct. Say, okay, okay, you're yes. in. ahead. So they do. They walk crocodile fashion. Honestly, <laughs> these teachers are probably so. Imagine having to walk someone from potions class to the greenhouses. Like that's a mile. Yeah, and then you have yeah. to walk back, and he, yeah. you know, he has allergies because he sneezed in the last chapter. <laughs> That's Snape. He sneezed in the last chapter. I just want to remind him. I think all the professors at this point have to be having that thought process. We're like, I mean, we've all been at, like working at a place where they've started changing very critical things about your job, and there's nothing you can do about it. And you're thinking like, this shouldn't. I, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, this Maybe isn't what I signed up for. Yeah, this isn't what I signed up for. And I don't know, having kids die left and right and then the headmaster be taken away and then like another employee arrested, like having all that going on and just being like, yeah, yeah, this is cool. This is what I want. Oh, and now I get to the kids to class. Wonderful. We've already delved deep into how this is an allegory for the COVID school situation. <laughs> we're not, oh. not going to delve again. But I, I wasn't even thinking about teachers that. Teachers are thinking. heroes. Suffice it to say, teachers are heroes. Yes. Even fictional teachers are heroes. Some of them. Gilderoy fucking Lockhart. <laughs> yeah, not this one. So Lockhart is ecstatic because he, I guess, truly believes... He doesn't know. He believes that Hagrid is actually guilty 
and that everything is fine now. You think he truly believes it? I do. I think he's he's so dumb, dude. I think he really believes it. Yeah, what do you he's think? such a wimp. You know, like he he doesn't he doesn't want to believe that it's not over. It's like the easy way out. Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I think he wants to believe it more than he necessarily believes it. Just I think like it's, everything else in his life. Yes, exactly. He just like, if I focus on this being the way it is, we will get through exams and I will get away from this hellhole. I will never come back and we'll be good. And maybe maybe they'll live. Maybe maybe not. Who knows? But yeah. as, as long, long as, as I can get out of this it. situation. <laughs> yes. I still don't forgive Dumbledore for hiring this guy, even with everything I know from our Behind the Bastards episode. That was Which, such a good episode, man. That, that was awesome. Where, Wherever can people find that episode, Grace? Oh my goodness, Christina. I think uh, Patreon. <laughs> Gotta subscribe to our Patreon. Whoop, whoop. For some, yeah, we did Behind the Bastards last um, for our... our September bonus episode, our October bonus episode is in little editors round table Mad Libs, which was oh. fun and not even a little bit um nonsensical. <laughs> <laughs> Completely objectively, I'm gonna say that was that was probably one of the best episodes you're gonna get. So <laughs> I was on that episode, I'm not being objective. <laughs> not, not remotely objective, but you're still right. It's a great episode. So head on over to Patreon. Okay, back to the show. Thanks for listening to these <laughs> to these ads of me. <laughs> so Lockhart is like the minister of magic wouldn't have taken Hagrid if he hadn't been 100% sure that he was guilty which is like such it's almost like a like a childish belief in authority like yeah I'll say the pledge of allegiance like I ain't no Nazi or like whatever I don't know that's not right <laughs> not quite right I'm not an anarchist that's funny. <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I am an anarchist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will never again in my life pledge allegiance to anything. I've pledged allegiance to Sean. He's the last thing. Hey, I saw that. Oh. Um, no, it's definitely more of a nat- nationalistic thing. I mean, the pledge didn't come around until like, I think the 19... 19- I know they added the under God portion in the 1960s. Oh, yeah. Let's fight- just add that in. To fight communism. Oh, yeah. The communists are godless. I mean, it, it's really funny because if you talk to people not from the United States and you tell them like, yeah, we start school every day by turning to the flag and putting our hand over our chest and saying some words about how much I pledge my allegiance to the flag. They just give you this look like. They're like, dude, really? that's a cult. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what I think about it. You know, it sounds they, like a cult. they're really big about that in places like China, Russia, North, North Korea. Korea. <laughs> You guys like harmonized when you said that. It was beautiful. I think we came to the same realization at the same time. This plan is great and there's no flaws in it. Wonderful. Uh, So Lockhart's like, the Minister of Magic wouldn't have taken Hagrid if he wasn't guilty. And Ron is like, yes, he would. Because Ron is more woke than Gilderoy Lockhart. And, and Lockhart- then Gilderoy Lockhart's like, I think I know a touch more than you do, Mr. Weasley. And Ron's like, I was fucking there, dude. Ron bore witness. Bear witness. <laughs> Ron's having like nom flashbacks. Like, I was there, man. <laughs> I feel I feel really bad for Ron in this chapter. Just overall, I feel like he is stressed to the max. 
he does really well though considering how like i don't think as like an adult human i don't think you could get me to walk into the forbidden forest like they are about to right like it's scary in there it's not as yeah. an adult human. It's because I'm an adult human. You couldn't get me to walk into that forest <laughs> like that. That's true. As a 12-year-old boy, I probably would have done it, especially if I thought there was some like higher calling for me to go into a place called the Forbidden Forest that I had really had a narrowly avoided death in uh, like literally less than a year before. Okay, this reminds me of when I was in high school, my family lived in a big house in the woods and we were really isolated and I <sighs> dated in high school, brag, and I, my parents had a no clo- closed doors policy, so we would go, I would go meet my boyfriends in the woods behind my house at night to fuck. Wow. And For I got hidden forest indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I got chiggers one time all over my butt in my back, and my mom knew exactly what was up. <laughs> I was oh, literally no. just about to say, there's nothing more fun than avoiding ticks while having sex, but chiggers is even worse, so congratulations. <laughs> yeah, so much worse. Oh, no. Uh, so I guess I was braver back then, or the stakes were higher. I have to have sex? How else will people know I'm cool? <laughs> I loved my boyfriend. He was very nice to me. I want that to be very clear. Speaking of my rendezvous with my boyfriends in the woods, Harry writes Ron a note that says, let's do it tonight. Wow, you did it. Good job. He almost gave it to Malfoy, but he remembered that he was going to Ron this time. <laughs> let's oh. monitor that sexual attention, everybody. Draco and Harry, they want to fuck. I may never believe you, but I'll always entertain your theory because I find it fun. <laughs> Well, none of that happens in here. Draco's just acting out because he's jealous that he's not getting enough Harry attention lately. So he's acting out, but he's not getting a reaction from us. We have bigger fish to fry. So the next section of this chapter is tonight. Let's do it tonight. What day is it? It's tonight. Tonight. (laughs) (laughs) The common room is extra crowded because people have nowhere else to go. They have a curfew. So they have to wait really long for everyone to go to bed. They're just like chilling. Harry's sitting on his invisibility (laughs) cloak. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't men just carry bags like normal people? I know. He's fit it in his pocket before. Like he's talked about it being in his pocket. Why didn't he just put it in his pocket? I have a lot of questions. Why are they wearing cloaks right now to go into like the off path woods? I mean, it's like March or April. It could be pretty cold in the early morning. I think it's later than March or April. I think it's April or May. Remember the cap the the cabbage sized flowers blooming at the start of this chapter? Yeah, that's a May thing. Yeah. I've been to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> April showers there. bring May flowers. Yeah. May flowers bring pilgrims. <laughs> Wait, there's a joke. Something about yeah. take the Mayflower and the Pilgrims back. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> to Europe. <laughs> Where Harry April, Potter is. April showers bring Mayflowers. Mayflowers can bring Pilgrims. Juneteenth shows us this was a horrible idea all around and should never have been done. Wow. You d- we went there. All right, that's it. You, wrong, stuck, you stuck the landing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, we see Ginny again. Yeah. No dialogue. She's just there. She's part of the wallpaper. She's watching Ron and Harry play Exploding Snap against Fred and George. Um, she's like very subdued in Hermione's usual chair. The Hermione thing probably is upsetting her. Uh, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. There's more than one thing upsetting her. Yeah, it's like the whole thing. Like, nothing is going well. And mm-hmm. catching Percy. Just just so sad. <laughs> <laughs> no girl needs to see that. I forgot she walks in on him at one point with Penelope fucking Clearwater, and it has to be before Penelope gets petrified. So when exactly? Riddle me this. When exactly does Jenny walk? Um, riddle me this. <laughs> I, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's that night. I'm thinking Jenny is doing the teenager equivalent, the 11 year old equivalent of sitting up late at night with a glass of very strong alcohol contemplating things that you've seen <laughs> that were beyond your control. You can just stare at your hand for 30 seconds and then you realize you've been staring at your hand for 30 seconds and it still didn't take away the image of the things that you've seen. Wait, but what night are you talking about? <laughs> you haven't been there. You haven't been there, man. <laughs> Wait, but what Just night seeing... in the story are you talking about? Oh, no, the night that they're waiting to uh, in the tower. Like, Jenny's just sitting there in the chair all night because she's just like, Ugh. Okay, okay, okay. I think uh, we're having a miscommunication here. I see. Yeah. What night did Jenny... You sa- you're saying she saw Percy. She walked down to Percy tonight. Yeah, earlier that night. No, but, but Penelope is petrified. petrified already. Oh, shit. Penelope's been petrified for what, like a montage worth of season changing now. Yes. Well, then she's been dealing with that image in her head for months. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's any like clues. Gotta read this book again. (laughs) Hey, every once in a while, a friend will give you a hand, and when that happens, I I don't get the joke. I don't get it either. It's in her hand. She wrote. Pipes. Oh, oh uh, Hermione, Hermione. Jesus Christ. Hermione. Come on, that wasn't I'm even sorry. a bad one. That the was a good one. We They're not landing. We're I was confused. <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry. Let's, let's move the fuck on. <laughs> okay, so they go. Finally, everyone goes to bed, quote, well past midnight. And the reason I put that in quotes is because she says that phrase two times in two paragraphs. So mm-hmm. that sucks. As an editor, I would have highlighted that and said two times two paragraphs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They sneak out. The narrative says it was a challenge, but we don't see any of those challenges. Snape just believe them. Sneeze. Yeah, we just kind of believe them. That was hard. It's just that there's a lot of people around, but they're yeah. literally invisible, so I think it's okay. Yeah. One thing that this series consistently does is make the act of walking around when literally no one can see you sound difficult. And I just don't acknowledge that it would be. Like, if For you had Harry just... Harry and Ron! I mean... <laughs> They're clumsy as all hell, but like with just a normal amount of caution, I feel like you could walk around with someone standing right behind you and do it very quietly and not knock shit over and be fine. I don't think they could together because Ron is much taller than Harry and they're both idiots. But we were talking about in a previous chapter where like, why don't they know where the Slytherin common room is when they need to sneak into it? Because definitely one of them could have put on this cloak and followed literally any Slytherin quietly and easily. Yes. Yep, they suck. Uh, they, <laughs> they get to Hagrid's house. They get Fang because he looks scary. I think they know by now that he's not scary. 
mm-hmm. but he looks scary and maybe i don't know they're like he needs to walk he's been alone for weeks have we been feeding yeah, him they don't I address was, it i was like has he been has he been alone this whole time i'm not okay Fang's not okay no one's think- okay I think house elves would have taken care of that. I think house elves would, they would just know, you know? Surely the right answer is to let Fang out because he knows the grounds and is a good boy. And he'll just at times roll up to the greenhouses and Sprout will give him some food because she's nice and they're friends. Him, Her and Hagrid are friends. Yeah. That's what I believe. Yeah. I, I, I agree could also with see you. Sprout being the type who would like take it upon herself upon hearing that Hagrid was taken away yeah. to be like, I'm I'm watching after Fang. Definitely, there's no fucking excuse for Fang sitting in a hut all day long by himself. He's a <laughs> boarhound in a hut, dude. Doesn't isn't that what ha- doesn't Hagrid announce before he leaves that like someone's gonna have to feed Fang and like Harry and Ron are the only ones there? So who else is he talking to? Yeah, it's just crazy because, like, as a writer or as an editor, I'd be like, we absolutely have to address this. Like, even yeah. one half of one sentence, whom they had been feeding all week or, like, whatever. Yes, someone, please. He appears <laughs> fine. He appears fine. Maybe he's starved because he eats the truckle fudge they offer him, which I think <laughs> is a weird move for a dog unless it's peanut butter flavored. I'm not quite sure. Right. They give it to him to glue his teeth together, which pretty smart that's a pretty smart move he gets food and then it eventually will dissolve away but for the time being he not gonna bark that's pretty smart the, the most efficient thing they've done all chapter i'll say <laughs> the next line is like my favorite line it's like harry left the invisibility cloak on hagrid's table i'm not worried about the hagrid's table bit i'm worried about the harry left his invisibility cloak because i just feel like those are famous last words mm-hmm I, I don't like know if it ever comes up again, but I, I just feel like you should just always have that with you at all times. Always have it with you. I almost feel like it's like, there's no way we will need this where we're going. No one can see anything. It's dark as yeah. night. And yeah, <laughs> he like can't I get fit it. it in his pocket, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know if it would have even re- helped them in the forest, even if it was daytime and other creatures could see them, but I just think that you should just always have it with you, man. That's just, I, that's how I feel. Yeah, that's a, honestly, I think that's like a purse person mentality. People mm-hmm. who carry mm-hmm. purses are like, you can carry everything with you, but people who don't carry purses are like, do I need my wallet for this outing? And it's like, yes, Sean, you need your wallet <laughs> for every outing. For Harry, that invisibility cloak is definitely like that old condom analogy. Like, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Oh, cute. Is that the kind of thing that men whisper to each other? It's called real locker room talk. <laughs> Gosh, cute. golly. I'll tell you what. I sure hope I get lucky on Saturday night. Well, if you do, make sure to bring a condom and get consent. That's what my locker rooms were like, at least. Oh, my God. Bravo. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's the most fictitious rendition of anything... No. It was, was a beautiful a PSA from our friend Andrew. <laughs> so they follow the spiders into the forest, and I guess the spiders are following the path. I think the, sp- the spiders are luring very large prey down a path. <gasps> the spiders are smart enough to know that their prey needs to stay on the path. Is that what you're saying? I I, I don't know. I, 
I was being facetious, but at some point they've got to realize that these two very large, you know, creatures are walking the same way because they're all Archimantulates. Like they're, it's not just Aragog. They're all his children. So if they're all Archimantulates and they're all at least capable of a much higher level of intelligence and able to do speak, uh, speech. So if they're that level of intelligence yeah. at some point, even though they're small, they're going to realize like that thing's still walking behind me. I don't know. Are they all his children? I mean, like the line that they're following, you know, because they're like not the big. Maybe it's just all spiders are scared. Are they just like babies? I wow. always thought they were babies. They might not be, though. That's a good point. I don't know. Do they only live in the castle when they're babies and then they like go to the woods when they're too big? Are they <laughs> get out like- of the castle, the spider's gigantic. Get <laughs> out. Right. So they're just like, I just assumed they were just like regular spiders and that all spiders just got the message. Like, wow. get away from this yeah. thing. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. I think that makes the most sense. Well, and there, there is the, uh, you know, basilisks are called the king of serpents. So maybe Archimantulas are the king of spiders. And that's why, like, the king of serpent versus the king of spiders. That's why they don't talk about each other. They hate each other. They're great enemies. Isn't it? I think it's Acromantula. And I'm going to look it up right now. no idea. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to say it's Archimantula just because I've read Fantastic Beasts so many times that I tend to have at least somewhat accuracy with this. It's Acromantula. It is Acromantula. Like an acrobat. Ah. I just like to get up. I will correct you every no, no. time. I wish you would correct me general. the first time instead of the 18th well, time I said that. You said it. I was. You said it like once or twice, and I was like, I was like, maybe we won't bring it up again in this chapter about all the acronyms. Just demand got, this. Andrew, it got out of hand. Okay, said <laughs> it too many times. Well, pronouncing something wrong will be is like a fluke, and actually, people pronounce stuff wrong all the time on this podcast. Like words like cereal, you just fuck it up, and you don't really notice, and you keep going. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. And then I have to listen to it over and over again. And I'm just like, well, this has to say it because the word cereal is imperative to this sentence. <laughs> I love it. Oh. Okay, all right. Okay, so the I'm gonna we're I think there are different species of spider who's also just hauling ass, which loops back to the why do they know to stay on the path? Maybe it's just the path easy. Wait, the easy path. <laughs> yeah, the path, path of, of least, least resistance. resistance. Thank yes. you. That's what I was looking mm. for, but my brain kept saying the path less traveled by, and I was like, it's not right. <laughs> it is not literally going. the opposite at this point. Yes, the opposite of that. <laughs> Do they even um, say that they stay on the path the whole time? Like, doesn't it get pretty, like... Well, the th- next page, they leave the path. It, it makes a <laughs> thing. It's like they leave... They make the decision to leave the path. Yes. So, so eventually, they the spiders can't stay on the path anymore. And they go right. into the woods. It's like a moment because Hagrid has warned Harry to stay on the path. And, oh, my God, I read The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon by Stephen King. And it's about a girl who steps, like, 10 feet off the Appalachian Trail to go piss and she gets lost for weeks she gets diarrhea so many times trying to stay alive in those woods it's traumatizing (laughs) so stay on the path for sure even if you think you know where you're going i'd rather piss off the path while making eye contact with you than go slightly too far me too honestly (laughs) i'll make eye contact with you all day so i always strangers though would you be able to just look at strangers and be like i'm not going off the path because i'll get lost if it was girls i'd for sure I'd be like, I read The Girl Who Loved Tom Gordon and affected me. So what I wrote down was, Hagrid had warned Harry not to leave the path, but oh well. Because that's just how Harry lives his life. <laughs> yeah, oh well. 
I probably would have walked another half mile down the path to see if it would have la- like looped back in on itself so I could still follow the spiders without having to get off the trail. That probably would have been my move. I think I would have followed it as far as I felt like following it in the moment that I don't feel like keep going, just be like, well, I guess Hagrid was wrong, turn around and walk back. I'm not going yeah. off that path. Like, you, there is nothing that would draw me off of the path simply because I'm in a place that I'm not supposed to be because it's incredibly dangerous. Yeah, I don't think, quote, we've come this far would have convinced me. I don't think yeah. that would have been quite enough for me. Honestly, what they're lacking in this moment is their Ravenclaw to be the sense of reason. Sarah, would you leave the path? Um, yes. Oh. I think I would. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if I'm putting myself in, like, their shoes, you know, in, like, their mentality, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, why, why not? Like, Dumbledore's gone, Hagrid's gone, Hermione's gone. All the people who can help me here. Yeah. Right, they're all gone. <laughs> kind of like nothing but That's why you lose. don't leave the path. Dumbledore's not like, going to show up and save you. <laughs> yeah. It always works out for him, you know? So, like, he's never really been in a situation where it doesn't work out yet. You're, yeah, no, you're right. He kind of never does. <laughs> yeah, something Thank always you. rescues him. So, Including like, death. He walks straight into death and... And it's okay, though. It's fine. <laughs> you, you know, that's the only time that that's okay. Because yeah, it's if it's death that you're accepting, then it's okay. But no, literally, like, this whole idea of him, you know, following, the, like, not following the path. I don't, it's just, it's ridiculous. He has, like, like, it'll be fine. Everything's been fine before. Only works until it doesn't. And if you don't know for sure that you have plot armor, you should never act that way. <laughs> the thing is, is that in this instance, it's... Hagrid who told him not to leave the leave the path, but it's also Hagrid who told him to follow the spiders. So you know, oh, wow, kind of like well, logic. I'm gonna pick one of these things, I guess. <laughs> yeah, which of these um, imperatives overrides the rest? Yeah, you're right. I think Sarah, you said that he Harry has the least to lose, and also Andrew, you said that. Well, some I forget who said things. It's been a while since five seconds ago when we were all saying all these things <laughs> and like he definitely has plot armor and also he he does i just really want to remind everyone that ron doesn't have a wand walking into this scene and i think like ron we hear about it once every two or like one or two or three chapters in this book but like ron is thinking about that every single day he is like walking around with this broken wand and like the and he's terrified of spiders and like just like i don't think harry's having any compassion right now i don't think his little brain has enough room for bravery and compassion at the same time and like ron is doing 110 percent right now yes i I love him and he deserves he deserves everything he deserves to be a gryffindor (laughs) harry definitely is not thinking about ron because he's not thinking about the fact that we're going off the path to follow spiders, and I'm with my friend whose wand doesn't work, who happens to be arachnophobic. Just probably worst yeah. case. Like, like, Ron has had this nightmare. <laughs> yeah, this is literally Ron's worst nightmare. There is no reason to make him do this, except a vague hint. And we're going to learn, it's not even a vague hint about what the monster is. It's a vague hint to, like, Harry, it wasn't me. Yeah. Literally, ha- Hagrid is having them do this crazy-ass mission so that they know it's not him. That's it. 
Yep. 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 Hagrid. Well, we okay. We've talked about Hagrid a lot. He doesn't uh, think no good. <clears throat> <laughs> so, well, they, I mean, they they go off the path. Like that's what happens. They that's what happens. They definitely go off the path. The ground starts sloping downwards. I I get the impression that it's kind of like dumping them into a bowl, which is mm-hmm. very stressful. It's like. There's, like, a couple things about that that stress me out. One, I've seen enough movies, read enough books where the woods are low-key alive and they're trying to eat you, right? Like, right. Like kind of like the woods are in on it. Yeah. Also, it it's just, like, so hard to run out of a bowl. Have you guys run uphill before? It's, like, the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I try not to. I don't make a habit of it. It's the worst thing. <laughs> you ask me if I've ever ran uphill before? <laughs> Some people haven't run uphill. <laughs> it's the worst thing. Um, okay, it's hard to run away, and it's creepy, and it's just the worst thing. Okay. Also, Fang's barking. Oh my god. <laughs> Fang, don't even get me started. All the endangerment going on of Fang, I'm not okay with it, and he's the Fang true victim not here. Do you guys know, um, <laughs> friend of the podcast and former guest Alexis's dog, Rhett? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's some overlap with their personalities just with like the dog kind of worried kind of sick crazy but definitely always i think like knows a little more than you about what's up yeah Mm -hmm. yeah didn't you say that Rhett is a ravenclaw did you say that yeah Rhett is Rhett's the only dog ravenclaw i've ever met if your dog's Mm -hmm. a ravenclaw please email us at the restrict nope at restricted section pod at gmail.com i'd love to know about your ravenclaw dogs i've only met one they're all gryffindors and one Slytherin, tanky boy, may he rest in peace. <laughs> My family's last dog that they had was a full-on Ravenclaw. Hmm. 100%. Name? Named Floyd. <laughs> okay, I believe that's a Ravenclaw. <laughs> he was a black lab who's uh, full, that's like, cute. you know, like, the uh, AKC names are really long and weird and have to, like, reflect the mother and father. His, uh, his mom had pink in her name, and his dad had Floyd, so he was Pink Floyd of such and such county or something like that. What? Yeah, no. He was a total Ravenclaw. He would watch you do whatever you were doing, and he would like lay on the couch, put his paws over the edge, and put his head over the edge, and watch people in the kitchen, and like turn his head, watch TV, go back to watching you. And every once in a while, when he was just like just so over at something, he would just go. <sighs> I just love it us, when like, dogs sigh. It's the funniest thing. Sigh. And, it, it, like that, that dog knew exactly what he was doing. He knew why he did everything he did. <laughs> he was a total Ravenclaw. I love it. My family dog sighs a lot, and it's like you literally just lay around and nap all day. What the fuck do you want? So Fang's a barking. Well, think about all that Fang already does with like Hagrid that he doesn't want to do. You know, so it's like he's, he's, he's like, God, been here before. This is a fucking spider pit. God damn it. <laughs> Oh, true. I had not, I had not considered that Fang has been there before. He probably wow. has, though, right? Like, You're why right. wouldn't Hagrid oh, yeah. take totally. Fang? Well, yeah. So he's like, big scary monster! Let's hope that he's brought Fang there, because otherwise the first time that he gives any sort of directive to anyone other than himself to go to the giant spider nest is to two 12-year-old boys. <sighs> So, like, mm-hmm. hopefully at least he had brought Fang with him and was like, look, they didn't eat my dog, so I'm sure that the ki- two kids will be fine. That's probably true. Yep. Well, maybe these cool. spiders just don't eat dog. Fang's a barking. 
And there's something big in the woods. What is it? Is it a spider? That's what we all came here to see. Oh my god, what is it? It's the car! My favorite character in this book! Yes! I literally have that note. I was like, my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> he's just the best! He's like, he's like, he's like a feral dog. He's just like so happy. That's a happy. good boy right there. That's a good boy. Mm-hmm. He's just like so happy to be free. And he's like living his best life. He's never yeah. been healthier. <laughs> he looks great. He looks great. No, he looks fucked up, but like in a strong, cool kind of way. Yes, the car like arrives it. in a blaze of light. They do describe it like a feral dog, they, the language yeah. they use. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like, what up, guys? I heard your stupid voices doing some shit again. Juan's still broken. Sorry about that one. You took fucking shit up again? <laughs> Yeah, you, oh, you guys are up to some shit. Well, I'm good. I'm gonna go now. <laughs> <laughs> good seeing you. Tell your dad I said hey. <laughs> yep. It leaves, and then they don't. The spider is left too, so like they don't have anything. <laughs> They're just lost now, and they lost the path. And it's a nightmare. This is a nightmare. I've had this nightmare. Okay, and then there's a clicking noise, and it's not Daniel Radcliffe doing that funny bit we all love from the sixth movie. It's a real, <laughs> it's a real life acromantula. The version that I heard, because like I said, it was the audiobook, had an expression that sounded completely wrong to me. Huh. It said, Ron looked livid with fear. Oh, interesting. Huh. Gonna refer to my text. Yeah. Let but me that doesn't make refer. sense. I thought livid was like angry. Let me just, oh my God, this illustration is so scary, Grace. I can't even flip past it. I know, it's a double-page spread of just spiders. (laughs) Okay, car, and then there's Ron, Ron's like, oh, yeah, livid with terror. Well, the the root of that word is definitely, like, a cognate with, like, lively. So maybe it just, I'm gonna Google it, I'm gonna Google this fucking word. (laughs) I'm sure two of my editor friends would be able to help me out. That doesn't mean I've memorized the dictionary. I'm not a barbarian. Okay, once again, it seems like that wouldn't go with the thing, like... Okay, um, no, it does. It means furiously angry. Or darkish, uh-huh. or dark bluish gray in color. Did you know that? Wow. Maybe that's what... Livid bruises? That doesn't sound right. Ew. Oh, I do <laughs> not like that. Sometimes I really smash my leg against this fucking bed frame we have out here. It's so dangerous, and those bruises be livid. <laughs> Okay, oh. well, I would agree that that's not the right word choice. And I would yeah, have, as an call. editor, I would have highlighted it and I would have said word choice, question mark. <laughs> WTF. So now, Ron livid with fear. Yeah, yes. Ron livid with fear is paralyzed by the sight of something. And Harry doesn't even get to see what it is when they attack. This is so scary. It's a Halloween episode. <laughs> They all get scooped up and Fang gets scooped up and they get carried away. And Harry can't yell. He's too scared. We've all been in this nightmare. This is an, an actual nightmare. Can't scream. I don't know. I don't I don't want to speak for everyone else, but like I've had a pretty cushy lifestyle. I've never had to like scream like this. Right. Do you guys think that if push came to shove, you would freeze and not be able to scream in like a terror terrifying situation? I'm scared that that's exactly what my reaction would be. That's like the nightmare, right? Yes. Yes. 
it's not the exact situation, but in my last job, I was in a, a very high intensity situation and I did act, I did not freeze. That's good. So we, we, when I was at the gym, we had a person who had a heart attack. <gasps> and, uh, oh, oh, yeah. Fun fact about gyms. If you ever get a job at a gym, you can expect someone to have a heart attack about once every six months. Oh, um, oh my God. I on, never thought on, about yeah, that. A lot of different shit. Yeah. I don't want to um, go to the gym now. <laughs> That's so scary. <laughs> um, wow. I did not need one yeah. more reason not to go to the gym. <laughs> the, good news, the good news is it only tends to, well, Sure, I'll be mad. It, it tends to only happen between the hours of like 10 and 3, like 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. Because it's usually the older people who are coming like when it's not crowded. Uh, but yeah. anyways, point of the story. No, I, I like I said, someone had a heart attack and I, I did act immediately. Um, I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but like I do know to answer your question. At okay. least in that situation where it wasn't <laughs> my life that's on the line, I did Right, act. right. Yeah. I, I think I told Grace <laughs> earlier this week, I scared myself with a, a spider that I had put in my own houseplant like a couple days beforehand. <laughs> like a fake spider or a real spider? It was a fake sp- Halloween spider. <laughs> and okay, I what did you do? I put it in my plant like a week ago and then I was watering the plants and I was talking to Sean and I just kind of looked down and I saw it and it was so scary. And I did scream. And he laughed really, really hard at me. So I think that's a good indicator. Like, it wasn't like a proper scream. It was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> So I think that if I needed to scream, it would come to me. I just know I've had, like, have you ever had those dreams where you're, like, trying to run, but you can't run? Like, your legs are really heavy? Like, you, I don't know. I just feel like I would be scared that I, that would be the same thing that would happen to me in real life. Because yeah. I've also lived a very cushy life. And yeah, so, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? Do you think you'd be able to scream in a situation like this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I think realistic. It's like the fear that you won't be able to, but I think I think most people would be able. I'd be probably trying to kick something. Mm-hmm. So if, actually, if one of my legs is free, more than likely the the vast majority of people would actually do nothing. Uh, people always think of fight and flight, but the much more common reaction is freeze. Mm. That's what we've been like, talking about this whole time. Yeah. Like the lack well, the, of ability to scream. Well, scream would be like fleeing in my mind, like trying to flee. Because I'm talking about, like, complete freeze. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Go limp like a rubber band boy, and, like, they just can't, can't grab you if you're just loosey-goosey. That's, <laughs> that's a good trick that's for a strategy. Someone, if someone's trying to take you away, you just go loosey-goosey. I don't... I've definitely pulled that so, in my life. I don't know under what circumstances, because I'm a big girl, and I don't know who is handling me bodily, but I've definitely had to do that. <laughs> Okay, so fucking uh, little nightmare. It passed the double page spread. Of <laughs> it's the scary. Okay, the so I do, I do want to talk about for a second. I'm going to show the class because Grace and I are okay. reading the same edition of the book. It's the illustrated Bloomsbury edition. And oh, just, no. There's no text. Just. Oh, no, it's, no, no. I, I don't want a, any part of that. It's a, to use the technical publishing term, it's a double page spread or two page spread. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> Two-page illustration, like a centerfold, right? But with no words on it. And it is approximately, like, 30 spiders. All Did like, you try to count? I glanced at them. I saw about seven. And I was like, it's got to <laughs> yeah. be more dramatic than seven. 30. <laughs> they're, like, really hairy. And they're all climbing over each other. Go to our Instagram to see this picture. It's really quite something. 
it's terrifying. I mean, I'm scared. Like, reading this book, I'm scared. And if I'd been reading this edition when I was eight for the first time, like, in my room at night, this might have really fucked me up because I was pretty easily scared when I was a kid. Carrie's um, reaction is a good one, though, in that situation because if you try to get away, you're probably screwed. So stay calm and see what happens. Figure it out. Yeah, it's it's the only thing you can do. (laughs) Use your (laughs) noggin. What would Hermione do? <laughs> she would have stayed snare, on the path. Double snare. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, the, I, I was yelling double snare because if you don't move, then you're fine. Yeah. You, you sink through it, I guess, is how the movie goes. I don't think that's how it goes in the books, though. No, it's sunshine. You're having a movie memory. <laughs> they get taken into the spider hollow. About as scary as Sleepy Hollow. Probably, like, mm-hmm. equally scary. Oh, uh, way more scary. Sleepy Hollow has one dude that's missing a head. Like, nah, I'd rather have that than fucking oodles and oodles of spiders. Yeah, okay. I guess it's more high risk to be here in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> the hollow is literally packed with giant spiders, and they uh, they get dropped onto the ground right outside this, like, w- the dome of the web. There's, like, a hole. And from within emerges Shelob. No. <laughs> Aragorn. Aragorn. Mix up the story no. of two guys walking alone in the woods trying to find an ultimate quest and then getting captured by a spider. That's never happened before in literature. It's just sometimes with J.K. Rowling, it's her name. I know we call her that bitch, but I'm about to talk shit, so it's fine. It's just like, <laughs> all right, big spider. That was a cool thing. Tolkien did that. Right, I'm gonna take the big spider and I'm gonna name it. Uh, well. Can't name a Shelob, who's another character from Lord of the Rings. I can name it after uh, Aragorn. Wait, wait, wait. They'll know. They'll know that that's from Lord of the Rings. Eric Gog. That's cool. That sounds like a spider version. Uh, just, I don't know. It's just so fucking funny to me. I, I really couldn't get over the Wormtail Wormtongue thing uh, either. Let's yeah. be honest. Like, Aragorn, Aragog, that's pretty bad. But wouldn't it have been worse if she had used, like, the Greek prefix for spider and the Latin post, like, the Latin ending for, uh, like giant because you know she does it all the time it's mixed up yeah. latin and greek words together that is you're describing the word acromantula actually i am wow <laughs> there we go it's the technical term for it the name name has to describe <laughs> i you're, didn't mean to be you're so a god when you look at aragog because he's so big <laughs> so aragog Learns that they're strangers and is like okay kill those strangers and then yeah. harry finally gets his shit together and he explains we're friends of Hagrid's. Hagrid got arrested because like no offense don't kill me but like was it you basically (laughs) (laughs) yes Aragog explains that he's not the monster from the chamber of secrets he he tells the story it's cool it's like this whole thing and then he's like Mm -hmm. when when that girl died in the bathroom Hagrid took me into the forest right and that's where I live and then he brought me a wife (laughs) I know. Which, what a bad decision, Hagrid! What the fuck? Well, doesn't that usually not go well for arachnids? Like, don't don't the males usually end up dead or like... Right. Oh, wow, that's a great point. That's what I was thinking, too. Wow. Hagrid got tired of this friendship and thought, this will be the way to end it. (laughs) I'll get him laid. (laughs) Well, and now there's a bunch... There's so many. Just like way too now. many. How At they least have students 30. going missing is just like 
I think yeah. they do. Crazy I know. Do. <laughs> I was trying to think. Yeah. They just don't talk about it. Keep it a secret. They, I think there's no way. Like, okay, we've made the joke before that, like, this forest wasn't forbidden until Hagrid got to it. And Hagrid, dude. Like, how is Dumbledore not like, hey, bud, I know you had that spider. That's how I know you're innocent in this, like, debacle. Um, notice it's gone now. Also, I can read minds. Is it in the woods? <laughs> Did you buy another one to take to it as a wife? Dumbledore just, knowing he reads minds, he lets a lot happen. Do you think there's ever a time at breakfast that Dumbledore's just, like, casually eating porridge and looks up and just goes, the fuck? Like, just, like, gets the wrong random wave path and is like, oh, hell no. I think that he would raise his eyebrows over his half-moon spectacles and do a little smirk. <laughs> Whatever it was, he'd be like, that's fun. McGonagall's into leather play, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's not so surprising, honestly. <laughs> no, he would know that already. Can we also take a second to appreciate the fact that Aragog has better sense than your average Bond villain because your average Bond villain, you ask them a crucial detail of the plot and their response is, well, I'm in a position where you're about to die. I will fill in all the gaps. Yeah. Aragog's just like, no, nah, I'm not going to tell you that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Aragog definitely knows what the monster is up at the castle, but he won't speak its name, and he's like, fuck you, I don't have to tell you anything. I'm gonna murder you. I was yeah. trying to think about, like, why it, I mean, Aragog makes it sound like, I mean, he says, we fear, we spiders fear this ancient creature above all others, and I was like, like, I wonder why, and then I was like, probably because they have so many eyeballs and <laughs> Whoa. If you like look at the basilisk and like, I don't even think Great. they have well like, done. I don't think they have eyelids probably. So they can't even like shut their eyes. I'm know. Googling spider eyes. Spider that would make a lot of sense. <laughs> oh my God. I forgot how cute spider eyes are. They're so cute. They have like four of them. Oh my God. I love them. Oh my God. What am I doing here? I forgot. They have eight eyes. They have eight eyes. Oh, it's yeah. the cutest thing. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys. Aragog is like, I'm tired. Murder them, basically. <laughs> That's how I end every party that I host at my home. <laughs> yes. We don't have enough food, I guess, or we're just greedy and we're going to eat you. <laughs> what are they eating generally? Centaurs. That sucks. <laughs> I'd be pissed at Hagrid or if I was. There's Byron's stuff in the forest. Hold on. Yeah. They have know. a school with all these kids that are told they can bring a cat, an owl, or a frog. How many owls have gone missing <laughs> in the time of this school? Spiders can't get to owls. Uh, they can put up uh, spider webs in that. <laughs> Spiders do catch birds. There's the uh, oh, the the one yeah, the bird eating tarantula. I think that it's in giant Australia. Goliath. They're all in Australia. Yeah. They are all in Australia. That is so true. There's a species of giant spiders. That shit comes from Australia. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. They turn around yeah. and there's a literal wall of spiders. Mm -hmm. They're like, "What do we do?" But guess who saves the day? 
The car! Yay! Bravo. The car. The car comes. The Ford Anglia, my favorite character, a hero and a scholar. <laughs> a car of the wilderness. Yes. The car. I, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and designate they, them pronouns to the car because they're almost a full character and they deserve non um, pronouns. <laughs> I Magic. agree. Magic gave them life. The forest <laughs> gave them a soul. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Beep, beep, young buddy. Beep, beep. So, like, do you guys think that... Do you think that, like, the Ford Anglia has some sort of, like, sentimental bond to, like, the Weasleys? Like, do you think that's what brought them here? What do you think? Just sensed some okay. danger? I get really similar vibes from the Ford Anglia as I do from the Magic Carpet in Aladdin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kind of like the same spirit, and I think they are loyal, kind of like a pet or familiar. Yeah. Maybe they look towards Mr. Weasley as a father figure, which would make Ron kind of like a brother. Oh, yeah. That's cute. I like he it. Again, brought him, gave him life, so it's like, okay, so... Yeah, oh my, yeah. my brother. My, I, I might see. not like my brother. He might crash me into trees, but <laughs> damn it, I'll defend him. I would watch yeah. that Disney movie, My Brother is a Car. <laughs> <laughs> Ron's also the one that kind of like set the car free, too. So, yeah. Mm. yeah that's set him point. free. That's probably the language that the car would use yeah. if yes. the car had language, but you know what I mean. <laughs> The car is definitely living their best life in the formative. I mean, right? They seem really happy. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I, it's hard to tell because they don't smile or wag their Although, tail or anything. I do want a scene where, like, the trio is walking. Maybe in, like, fifth or sixth year, the trio is just walking along the, uh, the courtyard and they look out and they see the car jump out of the forest and just, like, fly into the lake and drive around the lake a little bit and then go back in the forest. Like, I just want to see an anthropomorphized car going for a swim, just enjoying it. Like, wouldn't that be great? I love it. So the car comes back. It takes them. They get inside. How relieved would you be, God? So relieved. (sighs) You can get inside of it like a, like a, like it's armor. Like a car? It's like, yeah, like a car. (laughs) What are those things called in science fiction? Like a mech suit. Did I make that up? Like you get inside of it and it's like you, but bigger and stronger, made out of metal and (laughs) armed with firearms. You went to mech suit when tank was right there. (laughs) It's not like a tank. (laughs) How is it more like a mech suit than a tank? (laughs) But was was that the right, you keep repeating it. Did I say the right word? Is it called a mech suit? I mean, yeah, Mac, if you want to be brand specific, you could say a Gundam. I don't want to be brand specific. Then, yeah, Mac. <laughs> we don't support brands here on the podcast. Unless they sponsor us. Sponsor us. Unless they sponsor us. Oh, my God, Grayson, well done. <laughs> We're cheap. So the car carries them to safety, and it doesn't eject them like it did last time. It lets them stay, catch their breath. <laughs> Harry, they get out. Harry gives it a pat, and it goes yeah. back into the forest. Man, what, he's he's like Batman. What a wild ride, dude! And the <laughs> fact that they like they're in the Fort Anglia for I think it says ten minutes, 
And it's like, they walked a lot. They walked really far if they're driving and it took 10 minutes to get back to Hagrid's. Yeah, well, they were like, the text was like, they were walking and walking and walking and walking yeah. and walking. And then they got off the path and, I guess they're and they walked up for and 30 taken. minutes. Yeah, they do get scooped up and taken. Yeah. 10 minutes. I'm like, what's a 10 minute drive away? And Richmond, <laughs> if you drive 10 minutes in any direction, you are in the country now. <laughs> yes. So Ron immediately goes and is violently sick in the pumpkin patch. Well, can, can we all just agree? This is the type of night that when they got back to their bunks, it's not in the text, but I can only imagine both of them laying there just like white knuckling the blanket, thinking about how I've made too many wrong decisions in my life and how did I get to this point? Okay, for sure Ron is the kind of guy who no matter what he has weighing upon his heart falls asleep the second his head hits the pillow. Yeah. Yep. Harry maybe. Harry sometimes wakes up in the middle of the night and gazes out the window and is like, who am I? Yeah, Harry's a thinker. Mm -hmm. He's got too much going on in that head of his. (laughs) He's all asleep. No, but that, that's when you need to think. Like, if you just got out of a situation because a magically enchanted car saved you from the giant wall of spiders, that's the type of, like, that's when you reassess your life. That's when you rethink, maybe I shouldn't be doing this hero thing. Maybe I could have told him, don't. <laughs> well, I maybe don't, I could have, like, I don't think he's, information. <laughs> I don't think he's rethinking the hero thing. He, I think he's putting the puzzle pieces together. He's yeah. mulling them over. I for sure think that he stays up. Harry just, he's that kind of guy. He is a thinker. Ron just has the ability to be like, oh, it's over now. Like he's honestly also Ron's body is probably physically exhausted from the, the terror. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know how after you go through a haunted trail in the woods or whatever, it's like, you feel kind of like, ex- like physic, like you ran a marathon. Yeah. yeah. And it's just because your body's like so tense. One time my mom, wait, this is just an unrelated haunted trail story. One time my mom got so startled at a haunted trail that she like ran blindly in front of her and she knocked over my like eight year old brother into a ditch and landed on top of him. And it was the funniest thing in my life. And the, <laughs> the thing that had startled her was the bunny man and he just kind of laughed and walked away. And it was the funniest thing. <laughs> oh, <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Where was I? Ron's tired. He goes very He's tired, but also we have to consider, I think I already said this, that he's been really stressed this whole chapter. He's trying to fight Ernie. He's trying to fight Draco. And then he gets dragged into the forest to see his, like, worst fear. Man, it's tough. Do you, do you think Ron has noticed anything weird with Ginny? No. I think yeah, Ron is more like wrapped it. up in thinking about Hermione than he ever would like to ever notice Jimmy. Yeah, and like not even in a romantic way, but just in like a mortal kind of way. Like, oh, if they can get Hermione, they can get anybody. We're I think it's partially yeah. that, but I think it's also part like it's he's 12. I think he's just starting to hit that point where it's like maybe no, because then again in the fourth book he does completely forget about it. Yo, no, guys, you're right. There's so much left to come. Remember when Hermione and Ron get into that fight after the E-ball. Remember the when giant fight? Remember when it. Lavender just kisses him right on the mouth? Like remember? One, remember? One. Remember? <laughs> remember when Hermione dances with Victor Crumb at Bill's wedding? In ten years. Remember when Neville dances with Ginny? Oh, yo, that's a pairing I support. I I do like yeah. Ra- Harry and Ginny. I like Harry and Ginny because in the books they make sense. Bonnie mm-hmm. and Daniel Radcliffe mm-hmm. have no chemistry, but um, I, I support Neville and Ginny too. I think that she would have been tough on him in a good way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 
Well, that's kind of, oh, oh, I was going to say that's kind of it, but I forgot. We have to have one final epiphany because Harry's been think, think, thinking in his little bed. He wakes up Ron. He, he, I wrote in my notes, Harry has himself a good hard think. He wakes up Ron to say, Aragog said the girl that got killed was killed in a bathroom. Do you think it was Moaning Myrtle, basically? Yeah. Dun, 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 she dun. never left the bathroom. I would hate to haunt a bathroom, dude. Yeah. Well, she leaves it sometimes. <laughs> to go to the lake. To, to she gets flushed, flushed down. Flushed away. <laughs> well, oh, that's man. the end of the chapter. Any last thoughts? <sighs> I feel like I, that's the first thing that they should have thought about was Moaning Myrtle. As soon as he was like, they got killed in the bathroom. Would be yeah, like the yeah. One thing. Who yeah. do I know who's in a bathroom all the time? Right, exactly. <laughs> he he's a slow thinker. <laughs> yeah, it I, takes a second to process. I feel like Dumbledore should have thought of that. Dumbledore knows that Moaning Myrtle is the ghost of the first. Like Gondor, and been like Myrtle. It's been sixty years. Do you think maybe you could tell me who it was? <laughs> we have what exactly killed you? We have mentioned in a previous episode that Moaning Myrtle. Probably gets regular visits from Dumbledore. Dumbledore is just like all in good time. You know, <laughs> everything ha- all in good time. That's why he doesn't do anything. He's just like, it's, it'll Dumbledore's, Dumbledore's lived so long that he he can't just be like, let's just wait and see how it goes. And Harry's like, I'm 12 and 11 of it has been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. What I like most about this chapter truly is how, like, really spooky it is. Like, this this is, I think, one of, I, like, scary is such a strong word, but this is one of, this is probably the creepiest book. Like, it's, it's just, like, so creepy cold. We go, so many, so much ghost action, like, a lot of Slytherin spider stuff. I meant to say Slytherin snake stuff, also the spiders. <laughs> There's just a unsettling book. There's a lot yeah, of things that are he's done. He's being like possessed. No, not possessed. He's being yeah. he's having hallucinations. Yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely one where they that bitch created a lot of a lot of different like scenarios to make people feel uncomfortable. It's all you're always supposed to be on edge. Yeah, using blood to write on the walls to random notes about killing chickens to people being taken out of it that you thought of as like characters that will always be there. There's every like little step, even Hermione being removed from the equation is designed. It's like, a, it's not a horror movie. It's a, a thriller. It's mm. adding and building suspense the whole time. Yeah. Like a writing tip that I've heard before in my life is like at every step of the story, you have to take like one more thing away from your protagonist to like ratchet up the drama. And I think taking Hermione is kind of taking Hermione was like a lot, like felt like a last straw. And then they took Haggard and Dumbledore. And so now it's just like a very desperate situation. Yeah. Speaking of spooky, just so everyone knows, we're releasing a special main feed bonus episode on Halloween about spooky Harry Potter. So be sure to tune in for that. It's going to come out on Halloween, which is a Saturday. So you'll have to look for it on a not Wednesday, but I think you'll figure it out, especially if you hit subscribe right now. Hit it. Subscribe. Okay, but that's going to be a really fun one with Mary and Mary talking about very spooky stuff in the world of Harry Potter. Nice. So anything left to say about this chapter? There was a lot in it. Like, it it was definitely like, and I think she does this a lot, where as you go through the book, the chapters seem to get denser and denser and denser. It's like, 
there's not much story in the beginning. It's always like setting the table. And then all of a sudden you get to this point where these chapters have so much in each one of them. Yeah, it's true. Well, and I think the chapters themselves are structured. Like the first half of them is kind of like montage, changing of the seasons, what's changed since the crazy thing in the last chapter. And then you like the second half of the chapter is like, what is this actually about? And it's like fucking Aragog. So it's like, like, it feels like a lot of things are happening because you get, you get like this like montage in the beginning, but it's like, this chapter is about fucking Aragog, the king of spiders. Yeah. Yeah. Really, guys, go to Instagram and look at this picture of this illustration because it's kind of a nightmare. And also, I'll include in it the scary spider that scared me in the potted plant (laughs) earlier because it's pretty scary. And actually, it'll fit in really nicely on this illustration. (laughs) It's fantastic. So are you guys ready to move on to some plugs? Yeah. Yes. Andrew, will you go first? I will. Um... So I recently saw the season two finale of The Boys on Amazon Prime, and that show was fantastic. Uh, the second season was so well done, and they go in a direction I did not see coming, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it, it's just fantastic. If you don't mind very gory graphic uh, action sequences, then I would definitely say you should check it out. Hell yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Grace, what do you got to plug? So I don't know if you've already plugged this, but I just, I have to plug it. Um, I am going to plug today a book that I just finished called The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. It's so good. I know a lot of our listeners obviously love books, and this is just like the quintessential like book, to, to me anyway, like book about books. It's like a and book so, for book lovers specifically. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. It's, it's so good. Um, I think people perhaps who are into Harry Potter would also be into this potentially. So, um, I super recommend it. It's like my new favorite book. So read it. I'm wearing my Starless Sea necklace right now. Yeah. Sarah, what do you have to plug? One of my other podcasts that I really enjoy is called, um, Small Town Murder. Um, it is hilarious. It's done by two comedians. They talk about crazy murders that happen in small towns across America. They did one in my hometown, which was really interesting. Um, Damn, that's cool. Yeah, and they're just, they're fucking hilarious, honestly. And their new episodes come out every Thursday. I highly recommend. They're hilarious about murder. They are hilarious about the events surrounding a murder. They do a disclaimer in the beginning of every episode that they mm-hmm. do, so you know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> they um, never talk about like poorly about the victim or the victim's family, but they make fun of the small towns a lot, and they make fun of the like idiot murderers or idiot police force that is just like bumbling around, like not mm. solving things like they should. Um, but they're very respectful to the victims and the victims' families. But they are absolutely hilarious about everything else surrounding what happens. I feel like all the murder like podcasts and shows are like kind of funny, which is it's funny. I guess like in order to be able to talk about this kind of stuff, you have to have a certain level of like detachment. I remember yeah, laughing just my like ass the off. levity too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember laughing my ass off the first time I heard cereal. It was just so funny. 
okay, was deep all right. sarcasm. Well, that's a great... If anyone's never, <laughs> that... in case no one's ever heard that podcast before, that's a great podcast. I had a great time. So I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And today I'm going to plug <laughs> cats. Okay, wait, bear with oh me. Oh my God. Bear with me. Okay, a couple of days ago, I, m- me and my neighbor found a stray kitten on the street and I took care of it and, <laughs> and I found a new mommy. So I'm very excited. And I just want everyone to know that there are shelters all over the place that really need foster parents, especially right now because of COVID. You can do this for dogs too, but I'm a cat person, but like you can foster cats in your home and dogs. And you can give them like a vacation from the shelter and you can just like have a cool time with some new four-legged friends, maybe three-legged, maybe two-legged. I don't know these animals. I'm signed up to do it through my local um, SPCA and I'm sure there's an SPCA or a shelter near you where you can sign up to foster animals and consider it because it'll make you happy and it'll make the shelter happy and it'll make the animal happy. And maybe if you have other animals, it'll make them happy, but that's okay because they need to learn hospitality. Honestly, I feel like I'm going to sound like a dick because after you said you're going to plug cats, I said, oh, my God, like that, because I thought you were going to plug the movie adaptation of cats. (laughs) (laughs) One of my coworkers just finished watching Cats and needs a support group. We're here. Um, (laughs) And said that I need to watch it so that I can be that support group. And I just don't know if I can. Sarah, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Sarah. I know you hate musicals. That's a friend thing I know about you. And Cats is a musical. But there was no way you were going to like it, even if you did like musicals. So, like, that's kind of... It's not... It just doesn't... The musical part is just, like, one more thing. (laughs) You were a little little more specific than you need to be, Christina. Because here's the thing. Cats is technically a story. But if you like the concept of stories, you're probably not going to like Cats. I would argue that Cats is, does not technically have a story. <laughs> no, I'm That's saying it does. What my coworker said as it well. technically does, but it kind of ruins the whole concept of the story. Okay, this isn't the Cats podcast. I'm plugging Cats, <laughs> not Cats. Okay, Cats, not Cats. Get with right. it, right? <clears throat> Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you had a good time getting spooky with Aragog. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, goodbye, everybody. Get out of my spider web. (laughs) Bye. Bye. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restrictedsectionpod or shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Where it's are like you? when you're holding like a flashlight under your chin and you're like spinning around. Did anyone else do that? Why were, why were you spinning? You have to spin around like three times and say... Like Bloody Mary? Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to do it in a mirror, right? Yeah. And then a ghost shows up and hands you a Bloody Mary. No, you have to do it in it's a bathroom mirror with the lights off. Then you take the <laughs> flashlight and you say Bloody Mary and you spin around three times while saying it three times. And then she shows up and kills you. <laughs>